Hi there, everybody. Welcome to the Fireside Chat. There's no dog here because the late Otto has gone to his maker and the newest bulldog is too frisky. He just won't sit there. But eventually, you'll get to know Mr. Tubbs, hopefully. And sometimes Snoopy makes an appearance. It's amazing how many people in this country know the names of my dogs. It never ceases to crack me up where someone will meet me at the airport and go, I'm really sorry about Otto, but I hope Mr. Tubbs is working out. And I go, oh my God. I'm in Chicago. I live in LA and somebody's talking to me about my dogs. That's the power of the internet. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. Hi, everybody. So this is a chance to talk to you about what's on my mind and then take your questions. If you just write five numbers randomly, 47, 103, etc., etc., and watch those episodes, I promise that you will derive benefit from them. Even when I, on the rare occasions when I talk about an issue happening at that moment, I always try to make much larger points that are permanently relevant. That is how I think. I always think, what are the lessons to be learned? That's why I don't talk politics much. That's important. Some people must. But that's very immediate. And I think about the larger issues. And I have a larger issue for you today. So it's my column, a recent column that I wrote. It has many aspects to it. One is, what are young Americans learning at school? public and or private. Not in every case, but in so many. And, and it's really sad. So in my column, I wrote, and this is really worth trying. If you know someone in college, and by the way, this is true if you're watching in Europe. And I don't expect someone in a non-European context or at least non-Judeo-Christian context to know this. But for example, ask your nephew at Princeton. Can you name the four Gospels? And I, I suspect that if, if, if a student is not a Christian, that the, a tiny percentage can name the four Gospels. Maybe not even know what they are necessarily. How about five of the Ten Commandments? That shouldn't be too hard. They all know do not murder, or they might say do not kill, but we'll, we'll give them a pass on that. Other than the fact that Washington and Jefferson owned slaves, can they name, how about this? Other than Washington and Jefferson, can you name two other founders of the United States of America? I mean, the, the most basic things, but I'll tell you what they can tell you. What is a preferred pronoun? They're really up on that, preferred pronouns. And the intersectionality of... I don't know, gender ideology and feminism. I mean, intersectionality is a big word. They could tell you a lot about America's systemic racism. They can tell you, for example, uh, they sure if you ask, oh, this is worth asking them. I didn't have this in my article, but it's worth asking. So given how systemically racist that you think America is, and certainly how you think the police are, how many unarmed blacks do you think are killed a year by the police? 
And I would be shocked if if anyone, any young person you ask says anything under 100. And I wouldn't be surprised if you got a thousand. The answer is, depending on which source you go to, between 15 and 23. And unarmed doesn't mean not not threatening. You can kill somebody with your hands or 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 the person might be trying to get the policeman's gun. So they know almost nothing. They graduate and and know very, very little. Oh, yes. Yeah, so what did I write in there? Name two Shakespeare plays. Forget that you read two Shakespeare plays. I'm not going to ask for the moon. <laughs> Just can you name two? I really do wonder if, if the if the average American college students can name two Shakespeare plays. But the part that really bothers me, and that's what I'm going to get into, is the almost total ignorance of evil. We are just coming off the most genocidal century in human history. 100 million people, which the the mind cannot grasp that number. It's hard to grasp more than a thousand. I mean, but a hundred million? A million is, let's see, 10,000 one thousands, if I'm not mistaken. And then a hundred of that? Stalin, the, the great butcher of the Soviet Union, Stalin said, or he's reported to have said, one death is a tragedy, a million is a statistic. And he was right. People, people don't know how to react. The mind doesn't grasp that. If you read about a, a mom and, and her child killed by a hit and run driver, your heart breaks. So multiply that by 50 million, can't, it, you can't do it. But you have to try. At least your mind, if your emotions can't wrap their mind around it, at least your mind can. And this was all non-combatants. I'm not talking about people who fought in wars, armies, navies, air forces, marines, etc. No, just civilians. They don't know about evil, and I have theories. Why don't they know? For Do, do they know... You, here's an example. 45%, I believe it is, Pew Research that 45% of uh, Americans, I think it was ages uh, something like 18 to 40 to 40 or 35, 18 to 35, and never heard of Auschwitz. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if some of you watching never heard of Auschwitz. That's beyond belief. It, it, it was the most infamous of the Nazi death camps. Remember, six million Jews were murdered by the Nazis. They were systematically murdered. There is no example of industrialized genocide quite like this. You would, you would, the whole family is sent on a train and then arriving after this horrific ride in cattle cars, they are uh, uh, stripped of their clothing and marched uh, into a gas chamber and then cremated. Whole, whole families. Sometimes a strong young male would be separated. There, it's it's again, it's hard to grapple with, but 
our task as humans is to, I would think the greatest task we have is to fight evil. There's my favorite phrase in the whole Bible is this one. I think it's from the Psalms. Yes, from Psalms. Those of you who love God must hate evil. If you don't hate evil, you don't love God. End of issue. That's correct. So it's interesting in American schools, and it might be true for some European, but I know America best. In American schools, they're not taught about real evil. They're taught about made up evils like systemic racism, transphobia, homophobia, um, uh, anti-mask. I mean, th these are the evils that, that people are taught about instead of, of the real evils that have taken place. So I mentioned Auschwitz. If 45% of young Americans never heard of Auschwitz, and I don't mean teenagers, I said 18 to 35, I believe it was. How many heard of Gulag? That's about 20 million sent by Stalin to the Siberian Gulag is, is a series of camps. Gasudarstveni Lager in Russian means it means government camp. That's what the Gulag was. I would say 2% can tell you what the Gulag Archipelago is. Is 20 million people minimum murdered? Is that not sufficient to know a little bit about the Gulag Archipelago? What about Mao's 60 million? Starved to death so that he could take the food away and ship it to the Soviet Union so he could get arms and become a strong military power and to collectivize the peasantry. It was systematic, horrific uh, starvation. Stalin did it to the Ukrainians. Any, anybody know that? Five to six million in, in almost about one year, 1932. By the way, the New York Times denied it was happening while it was happening, just for the record. Don't you think people should know about this? See, I knew as a kid, I was preoccupied with evil since I was a child. I'm preoccupied with good as much as with evil because good is rare and good is the opposite of evil. So obviously I need to be preoccupied with it. But I realized at a very early age, I was somewhat of, uh, of an outlier. This is not a compliment to me because I don't, I don't take it as, as an achievement. It was built into me. I just cared about evil. I, I hate people inflicting unjust suffering on other people. I really, I have, I, I have a, a palpable reaction against it. But I realized that at a very early age, they say evil is dark, but it's not true. Evil is bright. You can look into the dark. You can't look into very bright light. By the way, I mentioned this on my radio show and somebody pointed out Lucifer means light. So the, I, it's an interesting theological point that the person made. People can't look at evil because it's too bright, but you need to look at it. Put on sunglasses, but you have to look at it. Like you do with an eclipse, you put on sunglasses. You put on a filter so as not to get blinded.
So why don't they know? Why aren't they taught about evil? Is there a more important subject? Even algebra, is that more important than evil? I don't think so. And I'm for teaching algebra, by the way. But why don't we teach it? So I have a number of theories in my column, and I'll just share them or some of them here briefly. One is that if we really taught about the evils that have occurred in the 20th century, it, uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't help the cause of most of the people who teach. For example, nearly all of it was done by communists. Communists killed 100 million, Hitler killed 6 million Jews and millions of others. Uh, so uh, in the numbers game, the vast majority were killed, murdered, slaughtered, tortured by communists. But there's been always, my whole lifetime and before I was born, a soft spot for communism on the left. Not among liberals, not among conservatives, but on the left. So if you were to teach real evil in schools, kids would come to hate communism like they hate Nazism. And that, that wouldn't do the left very good. And they're the ones who teach your children. That's a very, very, very big part of the reason that the evils of the 20th century are not taught, because kids will then realize who did it. Number two, also who did it? Guess who did it all? Big governments. Big governments committed all the genocides of the 20th century. You don't want to teach that either, because we're told that big government is a good thing. But it's not. It's an extremely dangerous thing. It's as dangerous as nuclear weapons. And everybody knows you have to be very careful about allowing the spread of nuclear weapons or owning nuclear weapons. Well, you have to be very careful about the spread of government. The more power consolidated, the more dangerous it is for humanity. That's why I rooted for Brexit when Britain left the European Union. They said, we, we don't want Brussels to have all that power. They were right. The Germans, who have always been big fans of governmental power, are the biggest boosters of the EU, of the European Union. It is not coincidental, as they say. Third thing, if you want to explore the evils of the 20th century, so overwhelmingly communist, and obviously Nazi, and all big government. And one more thing, they were all secular. Nobody teaches that. Where are you going to learn that? From your pro-secular teachers, professors? No, they teach you instead, oh, more people have been killed in the name of God than in any other way. Well, maybe if you add up every century, there were certainly people killed in the name of God. I won't deny that for a second because I don't lie. That's true and it is, it is awful. But nothing compares to the 20th century. And that was all secular, not, not religious. The communists hated religion. The French Revolution, which started it all, killed thousands and thousands of Catholic priests within the first few years of the revolution.
So they don't want you to know about real evil. They want you to know about systemic racism and uh, transphobia. That's what they want to fixate your mind on. And that's why it's important. There's one other reason it's important. I think we owe it to the slaughtered and tortured and starved and murdered to know at least what happened to them. We can't know all their names, but we should know what happened to them. All righty. Here we go. Your questions. Take it away. Hi, Dennis. My name is Zach, and I'm from Tampa, Florida. We recently just experienced Hurricane Idalia. So my question for you is, what do you and your family do to prepare for a natural disaster? Very little. I, I, hope, I hope we didn't disappoint you, Zach. Look, first of all, we don't get hurricanes uh, in California. If there's a natural disaster uh, here, there was, interestingly, a few years ago, and I, I got to tell you, it was, it was very, um, it was, I wouldn't say traumatic, but it affected me. And, and I, I'm, I'm pretty uh, inured to that stuff. But there were so many fires uh, in, in, in Los Angeles, and I live right outside of Los Angeles, in, in what we call the foothills of the mountains. The fires were so close to my house that I was prepared to lose my house. Uh, it, it dawned on me, what do I take out of the house other than the humans and the animals? What do I take out? It was up my block. Also, let me tell you something. This is really, really uh, important. I think you can get a sense of how bad a hurricane is on television when you see houses in water, when you see people's cars underwater, when you watch the wind uh, going at 100 miles an hour or whatever it is and knocking down trees. But there is no way that television can convey fire. I'm, I'm telling you because I've seen it live and I've seen it on TV. There's no comparison. When I would drive to my house on the highway that I do, coming home, look at the mountains, and it was as if the mountains behind my house were on fire. That's a very sobering moment in your life, I have to tell you that. But I don't know how you prepare. What do you prepare for that? You prepare, I mean, you take out your your most valuable photographs, I guess, or your mementos that are, can't, can't be replaced. I don't know how you prepare for, for the fires. We, as I said, we, we basically don't get hurricanes. My worry is not, uh, well, there is one other natural disaster in California. We don't get hurricanes, we get earthquakes. I was living in California for the terrible, what is known as the Northridge earthquake. You should look it up. It, it woke me up bad time at 4.30 in the morning when it happened. By the way, I learned something interesting from that experience. 
noise or sound, I should say, is more frightening than what is seen. What really scared me was the noise of the house shaking and things falling down, including a whole aquarium. I used to have saltwater fish. And I, I did an interesting test. I watched a few minutes of a horror film without the sound, had no effect. All the fear basically came from the sound. It's just an interesting side thought on this matter that uh, that you raised here. But I, I don't know how you, first of all, we're not given a warning on earthquakes. That's the tragedy. You can't be warned on an earthquake. They've been trying and trying and trying. But all they say is within X number of years, there will be a terrible earthquake down the San Andreas Fault, as fault as they call it in the, on the West Coast. So what am I going to do? Sell my house? Leave? So this is all thoughts on, on these tragedies. My biggest fear is man-made man tra tra uh, tragedy. That's my biggest fear. Where some enemy will, for example, uh, be able to destroy the electric grid. Because without without power, we're, we're we're back in the Bronze Age. So that that's that's a, a scary thing. Okay, I'm glad you asked, and thank you. And now, Lucas, is that right? Yeah, Lucas, 39 years old in Switzerland. Dear Mr. Prager, first, the confirmation: your rational Bible really does change lives. It's a blessing, short and simple. So I will say something that will annoy some of you, but it's not meant to annoy you, I promise. If, if you watch this at all regularly and are touched by what I have to say, why would you not read my rational Bible, even if you're an atheist? That is the culmination of my life's thinking in those volumes. And it doesn't matter which you get, Genesis, Exodus, or Deuteronomy, uh, and there were two to go. It doesn't matter. You could start with the last one, Deuteronomy. But uh, I'm, uh, since he said it, it really does change lives. I hope you'll read it. Okay. Now the question. You repeatedly argue that the First Amendment is the most important civil right. Why isn't it the second? Given that the second protects the first. I don't see how the second would not be equally suitable to create the first. How long? All right. So in America, we have a constitution and we have amendments. The First Amendment are basic freedoms of speech, assembly, religion, etc. The second is freedom to bear arms, to, to own arms. And people say the Second Amendment protects the first that if we have no way to protect ourselves against the government that would want to suppress speech, then we will lose speech. So the second arms protects the first free speech. Okay. How long would a well-armed citizen let the government or violent extremists decide what one can say and what not? Okay. So I'm going to skip here. I'd be very happy to hear your thoughts on that matter. What do you think I'm missing? Okay. Best wishes from Switzerland. 
The reason I believe the first is the most important is very simple. By definition, the individual, the bodyguard, a bodyguard guards is more important than the bodyguard. I'm not all humans are important. I'm not talking about that. The guard is not the same as what is being guarded. That that's so by definition, number one is the most important. Because that's the most important right a human has to say what he thinks, to write what he thinks. That's the biggest reason of all that I am so anti-left, not anti-liberal, liberal, liberals believe in free speech, but leftists do not, and they never have. There's no example of the left taking over any country or institution and allowing dissent. They don't. That's, that's worrisome. James, Memphis, Indiana. I wonder how many states have a city, Memphis. It appears wicked people have taken over our country through government, schools, media, courts, every social institution. What are we going to do? What can we do besides pray? There are two things you can do. Fight or help the fighters. Helping the fighters is as good as fighting, just for the record. Fight, one example, your school is having five-year-olds go to drag queen story hours. I don't even know if this exists in Europe. It exists in Canada and the United States. I, I don't want a five-year-old to see a man dancing in a dress. Okay, I want to keep five-year-olds innocent. It's not the job of schools to rob them of innocence. So you can fight at the school board and you'll probably win because most parents are not leftists. Most parents are liberal and they'll agree with you. The other thing you can do is help fighters. Help Prager U. Help Daily Wire. Help uh, TPUSA. Help the, the, um, any of the groups that provide legal assistance to people who are being oppressed. I mean, there are so many wonderful groups. Okay, what are we at? 27. Okay. Wayne, Huntington Beach, California. You often mention the differences between liberals, conservatives, and leftists. Could you give us a written list of the differences? How can we obtain that list? Thank you, Wayne. Wayne, I bet you are not all that adept at Googling. <laughs> all you had to do was Google Dennis Prager differences between liberals and conservatives or right and left or between left and liberal. Everything will come up. I've done f videos for PragerU on this very subject, plus articles that I've written and speeches I've given. It's all, it's all there. But it's very important that you know them and even memorize a few of them. Okay, finally, I don't know if it's final, but I'm assuming Alex, 16 years old in Olathe, Kansas. Dear Dennis, over the years of the Fireside Chat, I've heard you speak about your love for classical music, especially Bach, Beethoven, and Haydn. 
This proves that Alex has been listening. He picked the three. You have also mentioned that you conduct symphonies. I myself am quite skilled solo pianist. My favorite composer to play is Bach. That led me to my two questions, which are these. Do you have a favorite composer to conduct and do you play any instruments? You strike me as someone who would know how to play the harmonica. Is that a compliment? It's, it's hard to know. This may be the only person on earth whom I've struck as one who would play the harmonica. It's not the first thing that comes to mind, right? Oh, I met Dennis Prager the other day. He, I'm sure he plays the harmonica. Yeah, but your first instrument is not also an obvious. My first, you're right. The accordion, my first instrument is in the world of the harmonica. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it's funny. I'm not insulted at all. I just think it's adorable. I don't play the harmonica. I, I studied accordion first because it's a silly reason, because it starts with A, and we were looking in the yellow pages for an instrument for me to study. No Prager could even read music, so we had no idea. And it was my bad luck that the first instrument was accordion. Isn't that amazing? That's how it happened. Then I fell in love with classical music and went to piano. But I knew I'd never be good at it. Not, not at all near what I wa would want to be. So I decided, but I really know music. I know it in my soul. Maybe I could conduct it because I obviously knew how to read music. So in high school, it gives you an idea of how off the beaten track I was. I would go from Brooklyn to Manhattan three nights a week and or four nights a week. And many of them, I would visit the New York Philharmonic Library and follow symphonic scores. And, and I taught myself to conduct. And I really did teach myself because now I've conducted at the Disney Concert Hall. Who is my favorite to conduct is Haydn because he brings me so much joy and People don't know him well. So I like to introduce him to people. Thanks for your answer. I hope you have a lovely day or night, depending on when you read this. This is one precise young person. P.S. Olathe is just southwest of Kansas City. That's charming. Because the truth is nobody knows where Olathe, Kansas is. <laughs> Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? No. Exactly. Well, it goes fast, the fireside chat. Evil. If you love God, you have to hate evil. You know what? If you're not a believer in God, I'll modify it. If you love human beings, you have to hate evil. See you next week. Thank you for watching this video. To keep PragerU videos free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation.